You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Ah, got him. That should keep the first order off our backs. Nice work, Paul. Tim, are we set to make the jump? Yep. The end of the prime and coordinates for the rendezvous are set. All right. Strap in and let's get this intel delivered to the resistance. Punch it! You're listening to Star Wars. The saga continues. Your hosts, Kyle Avery, Tim Jirasi, and Paul Herman, are scouring the holonet for news and bringing you all of the latest updates on the future of the Star Wars universe. And the future is bright indeed. So we invite you to join us on this exciting journey as the saga continues. Hey there, Star Wars fans, and welcome back to another episode of Star Wars The Saga Continues, your podcast for all the latest news, rumors, and updates on Obi-Wan Kenobi, Ahsoka, The Mandalorian Season 3, all these cool and exciting projects we've got coming up in the Star Wars universe. As always, I'm your host, Kyle, and I'm joined once again by my co-host, Tim Jirasi. How's it going, Tim? What's up, Kyle? Doing good. We're excited about uh, kicking off May with some great Star Wars content for the whole month, and May the Force didn't disappoint <laughs> for what we got to experience on that day. So, yeah, glad we're able to record another episode not too long after our last one because we got a pretty cool new trailer to talk about. Yeah, we sure do. Um, we didn't get some of the other stuff that we maybe speculated about on our last episode. And uh, I hope you guys enjoyed listening to our May the 4th episode that we put out last week that we didn't get out till a couple days after May the 4th, but we recorded before May the 4th. So you guys are probably listening to it a couple days after going like, you know, just hearing all our crazy theories and stuff. <laughs> going wrong. Stuff wrong, that, wrong. yeah, stuff that <laughs> might get announced or that might happen. And we didn't, you know, we didn't get any of that. Um, but we did get obviously the Disney gallery for the book of Boba Fett. And we also got a, uh, new trailer for the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. And I was, there was one thing that I, I got close to being right in my predictions on the podcast, which is that there was a panel that they hadn't announced yet at celebration for that Friday morning. Uh, but it was not a movie. It was not a new series. It was not video games, which I'm still waiting for because I keep hearing that they're going to announce Jedi Fallen Order 2 at Celebration, but there's still no panel for that yet. Although I did see that EA is listed um, under the vendors and that they'll have a booth on the floor. So maybe they'll be doing something there. I don't know. Um, but instead, we're getting a new uh, Disney Plus documentary series called Light and Magic about um, just the founding of ILM and, uh, you know, just kind of chronicling their journey, working on the Star Wars films and and all the other, you know, groundbreaking effects work that they've done. Um, And they're going to have a panel about that uh, at Celebration um, on that Friday at 11 a.m. with, um, you know, the panel's going to be featuring Lawrence uh, Lawrence Kasdan and Ron Howard, uh, joined by visual effects titans Dennis Murin, Phil Tippett, Joe Johnston, Rose Dinnigan. And so I'm sure that'll be a cool panel. and uh, definitely a cool series. I can't wait to watch that. That's going to be, um, you know, just cool to to get a look at, um, I don't know, just the journey of this legendary company that has made Star Wars and so many other big blockbuster movies what they are. Um, but, uh, 
<laughs> yeah, so didn't see that coming, but I was right that they were going to announce something for that Friday morning. But that was kind of the other. I wouldn't say the big announcement because, um, you know, the Obi-Wan trailer was the big thing, but that was something else that we did get announced on uh, May the 4th that might have slid under some people's radars. Um, I haven't seen like a, a ton of hype about this, but, um, you know, I did see people talking about it on that day. And uh, I believe this is um, the, the series is supposed to air on Disney Plus in July. So looking forward to checking that when it comes out. Yeah, unfortunately, I was one of those where it slipped under my radar or I didn't necessarily hear about it or see it until you texted it um, to us where they, where you said that, oh, the panel has been finally been revealed for that time slot. And I mean, I don't want to say disappointed because it does sound like a cool panel and definitely a series I cannot wait to check out. It's going to be awesome. But I just I guess part of the faults that sometimes happen when you speculate on certain things like we did on that last episode thinking it might be some one featured about future star wars video games or just about jedi fallen order 2 all on its own but um at the same time i don't want to let that kind of hinder a little bit how cool that panel is going to be focusing on like the history of ilm because i think it's going to be something really cool to experience if you're able to go to that especially with all the names you just listed who are going to be there who are filmmaking legends so it's going to be something really cool to experience if you're able to go to that yeah for sure um yeah cool panel and like i said definitely a, a cool series that we'll want to check out when that comes out um but yeah we're still mia on the video game stuff we're still you know still no official announcement on um the uh tales of the jedi um but we know that's coming at celebration so we'll get that soon enough um but of course, we got the one big thing that we all expected and were hoping for, and that was a new look at the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. Um, and before we get into the trailer, I, I also just want to bring up, you know, like now we're getting, we're just about two weeks from when the show premieres um, in a couple of days. By the time this episode comes out, it'll probably be, you know, just two weeks away. Um, and it's been really cool to see, uh, obviously, the excitement and just the, the marketing starting to ramp up and seeing, it, like, even just over the past couple of days, um, you know, Ewan and Hayden and uh, Deborah Chow and Moses Ingram were, like, out doing press, I think in, like, Germany or somewhere. Um, but starting to do, like, press junkets for the film. Um, so it's going to be really fun getting to see them, you know, hopefully do, like, the late night talk shows and all these kind of appearances where we just get to, especially for us prequel fans, getting to see Ewan and Hayden together and just hearing them talk Star yep. Wars again. Even just for the the one video clip that was, like, making the rounds on the internet yesterday. I think it was yesterday or it might have even been this morning. Um, but they were... Uh, you know, just, just talking about how much fun they had making it and how nice it is to uh, to be back in Star Wars again and sort of how just appreciative they are of the experience. And, of course, talking about um, how, I don't know, just kind of the their journey and their relationship to the franchise when, you know, they put so much of their heart and soul into the prequels and then it got the reception that it did from critics. And at the time, it was kind of hard for them to drown that out. But now, like, as the generation that were kids... Um, when those movies came out have grown up and gotten older and now are adults with their own, you know, their own thoughts and opinions and their own voice and their own social media presence and everything that there's a lot more positivity and that they're getting to interact with a lot of these fans who grew up with those movies and really love them. And just, um, you know, you and specifically was talking about just how nice that is and how that's kind of reshaped his relationship with star Wars um, and how it's just, you know, he's happy to know that the people that they made those films for, because, you know, at the end of the day, Star Wars, you know, is maybe not just a kid's movie, you know, it's so much more than that, but it is, 
you know, it's it's for kids and it's got life lessons for kids and cool stuff that kids can, you know, enjoy and relate to. And so um, just to know that those films, you know, were loved and enjoyed and made a huge impact on their target audience um, and that they're now kind of getting to reap the benefits of that is just, uh, you know, it's cool to see. And, and I'm glad that they finally um, get to kind of experience that love and appreciation that maybe was lost on them when it first came out. Cause I mean, uh, like we all know this, like, I mean, for me as a kid growing up with the prequels, like I knew, like I loved it, my friends loved it. Um, it wasn't really until maybe around like 20, like 2003, 2004, when I first started really getting on the internet and, and discovering a lot of, um, you know, starwars.com and Wikipedia and like the force.net forums and, and all this kind of stuff and being like becoming more aware of like the wider general Star Wars fandom on the internet and stuff that I was like, wait, people don't like Jar Jar Binks? People don't like Ewoks? Like people don't like the prequels? Like it was all kind of new and baffling to me. So, um, you know, if you were a kid and grew up with the prequels, you knew that that our generation loved those movies, but it's it's great that they're now getting to finally experience that and, uh, you know, realize that we've been there for them all along. So um, looking forward to seeing a lot more stuff like that in the coming weeks as we lead up to the to the release of the show. Uh, I wish I would have had that experience where I didn't know <laughs> they weren't liked, but <laughs> I was at that age when I was a teenager when Phantom Menace came out. I was smack dab in the middle of trying hearing all the gripes and complaints about it and be trying to be the one to defend all of them throughout that era. So <laughs> to hear Ewan kind of say what he did, which is really cool to hear, like he said, and just know that what they did and just how appreciative us fans who enjoyed the prequels and loved the prequels during the past over 20 years now. And now that he's finally getting to see that expression be shown to him through the fans now who are older is it's really great to see. But also too, just for me personally, the fact that we're just even seeing Ewan and Hayden on press tours or press junkets together again, promoting new Star Wars. I mean, even just a few years ago, I never thought that would be possible because we always knew that an Obi-Wan Kenobi movie now TV series was a possibility and something that we're probably going to get. But and even with the potential of Vader being in it, I didn't think it would be Hayden playing him. I just thought they'd kind of do the same thing they did with Rogue One. Um, but the fact that they are getting Hayden back and now both of them are working together, they're doing the promotional stuff together, it's just really cool to see. And it's a little bit surreal, to be honest, because <laughs> it's really taking me back to the early 2000s when they were doing promotional stuff for Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. And it's just kind of great to have to be able to experience that all over again uh, nearly 20 years later. So just the fact that they're doing this stuff again, promoting new Star Wars content that they're going to be in, it's just so, so cool. And like I said, I just can't wait for the press tour to really kick in gear where they're doing more junkets that are going on talk shows and stuff like that. And just getting the chance to hear Ewan and Hayden talk more star Wars, um, throughout this period is going to be just part of the fun and the experience of enjoying the Obi-Wan TV series before we actually see an episode. So it's just awesome that it's getting kicked off uh, the way it did just these past few days. Yeah, definitely. Um, and also was May the 4th also when we got that new poster for it too. Uh, yes, it was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, awesome. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I couldn't even remember if we got that with this trailer or the last one. It's the, I, you know, it's already the wallpaper on my phone and uh, it's already to the point where I'm like, oh, I can't even remember when I said this. It's just, you know, it's like Obi-Wan's always been there. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we got a, a awesome new poster with it too, with, um, 
you know, just this sort of big image of Obi-Wan in the forefront, the twin sons of Tatooine behind him. But then his his image is kind of see-through and you can see, uh, you know, like a, a small figure of Vader in the background standing on a cliff with his lightsaber ignited, which is interesting. I haven't even, I hadn't even thought about this because, um, especially with the concept art that we saw for the series, um, I, I just assumed that he would be confronting Vader like on Mustafar or maybe in the Inquisitor Fortress. Um, and I, obviously this it, it's just a poster. It's an artistic rendition. I don't think this is necessarily uh, indicative in a literal sense of what we can expect from the series. But like, what if we did see Vader come to Tatooine? That would be crazy. Um, I don't think that's going to happen because obviously we know the show's starting on Tatooine and then he's he's going off, but we also know it's going to end back on Tatooine because that's where, where Obi-Wan spends the rest of his time. So, um, I don't know. Regardless, uh, you know, just a really cool poster. Um, but uh, yeah, let's get into that trailer, shall we? Oh, yes. Let us. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, honestly, like... You know, again, it kicks off with uh, a few notes of Duel of the Fates, you know, bringing back those prequel vibes. Um, and then there's a lot of shots of like Tatooine, the Inquisitor shuttle on, on uh, gosh, I forget the name of the planet. It's like Nur or something that's like in that same system as Mustafar where the, the Inquisitor fortress is. Um, but we see, you know, some different shots of um, locations that we've seen before, like in the first trailer and in screenshots and stuff. Um, so really, I mean, I think the, the two big standout moments in this trailer, um, you know, first it starts with Obi-Wan talking and he's saying like, you know, they're coming, stay hidden or we will not survive. Um, and then he's talking to Owen Lars and he says, uh, you know, again, we see the shot of him watching Luke and then we see him and Owen standing in, you know, it looks like maybe a market in Moss Eisley or something. And he says, uh, when the, you know, when the time comes, the boy must be trained. And Owen says, like you trained his father. And uh, fittingly for an Obi-Wan show, that line has already been memed into oblivion on the internet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I've heard so many people talking about, you know, Owen, you know, and his savage roasts and everything. I saw one where somebody was like, uh, you know, ironic. Uncle Owen could roast others, but he couldn't save himself from being roasted. Um, uh, I didn't see that one, but that's a great one. <laughs> but yeah, so it's, you know, that, that's been a lot of fun. And I'm sure, you know, especially just knowing how much the the prequel memers and the people on the internet, you know, love Obi-Wan from the prequels, there's going to be no shortage of new memes from this series. Um but uh, yeah, I mean, that was obviously it's fun and it's like, oh, snap, he got a good dig in there. But also, um, you know, just kind of a, a good character moment between the two um, that I'm sure we'll see flesh out a lot more during like the, the early couple episodes mm -hmm. of, the, of the show. Um, but, you know, obviously very much in line with um, Owen's distrust of Obi-Wan that we see in A New Hope and kind of his dismissal of him and also... You know, just knowing that uh, we're going to see Obi-Wan wrestling a lot with his grief and guilt and, um, you know, sort of what he sees as his failure with Anakin and his failure to, to I don't know, train him in the way to stop him from falling to the dark side. So, um, and you can even see it just from this brief clip, you know, the look on, just the way Obi-Wan's face kind of sinks as, uh, as Owen takes that shot at him. So I'm looking forward to seeing a lot more, a lot more back and forth and, uh, you know, the, the friction and the character dynamics between those two. But, you know, that obviously was a standout moment from the trailer. 
Yeah. I mean, this was great to get because obviously we're all excited for the showdown between Obi-Wan and Vader again and the stuff that we're going to see with Obi-Wan and uh, him dealing with uh, the aftermath of the Clone Wars and just all that stuff. But also, too, and I think this is going to be pretty prominent in the early episodes that I'm really excited for, just the dynamic that Obi-Wan and Owen Lars are going to have in their conversations uh, that they're going to have in the series. And we've talked about this. I know Paul has brought it up a lot, how that there's just some really great stuff that we've got between them in the comics that we're really hoping translates on the screen and into the series. And this little clip right here that we got in the trailer, I think is a great indicator of that being the case with these two characters and how we're going to get moments like this, where they're obviously both out looking one just want the best, have the best intentions for Luke, but obviously they're both going about it in a different way with Owen wanting to protect him and shield him or Obi-Wan wanting to get him trained. And it's just going to be interesting to see kind of what, sparks this conversation between them two this here in this moment is it the, the arrival of the inquisitors because we do see them kind of interrogate um some people out in the market there and we even see owen in the background and i believe it was a shot in the first trailer actually but is that sequence gonna kind of be the catalyst of this moment right here between obi-wan and owen just talking about the future of luke and what what both of them want for him so it's just Cannot wait to for the series to dive into that stuff between Obi Wan and Owen, and, and again, like I said, this moment right here is just a great indicator of what that's going to be like, and I think it's going to be some maybe some really great moments between the two. So, yeah, I think it's kind of one of those things about the series that doesn't get talked about too much because there is a lot of excitement in other areas about the series, but uh, this is a big one right here that I really can't wait to see is just more of Obi Wan and Owen kind of going at her, just. Uh, talking about their different philosophies and how they want to go about raising Luke, I think it's going to make for some great uh, moments, character moments between the both of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> um, and then, of course, we also see, you know, we see more of the Inquisitors, um, you know, hunting Obi-Wan, kind of terrorizing people on Tatooine. And we see, you know, all the ones we've seen before, the Grand Inquisitor, the fifth brother, uh, Reva, who I think is the third sister. Um <clears throat> But it, it's interesting because there's, you know, some dialogue in here between, it sounds like maybe it's between her and the fifth brother. Um, and, you know, they're like back at the uh, the Fortress Inquisitorius and he's like, you still want Kenobi. Uh, you know, he's gone or something like that. And Reva says, you know, you're just not looking in the right places. And so I think, you know, <clears throat> maybe the, the show is going to start off with like all of the Inquisitors coming to Tatooine. And I don't know if they're going to be there looking for Obi-Wan or maybe looking for somebody else because again we see that shot where it looks like they're maybe hanging or like publicly executing somebody who obviously is not going to be obi-wan because we know he's not going to die um and uh, maybe obi-wan steps in to try to save that person or maybe while he while they're there they also discover him and maybe he like narrowly escapes from this this whole group of inquisitors manages to evade them and, and disappears and or may maybe he even fakes his death or something i don't know maybe he'll go all reiko hardeen again maybe you know oh, man. maybe the trailers are fooling us and they like cgi'd his hair and his beard in and, they, and he's actually bald for like half the series um 
But anyway, it seems like at some point the rest of the Inquisitors kind of give up the chase on Obi-Wan and Reva is the one who's like, no, I want to get this guy. And maybe she has some kind of personal vendetta with him. Maybe I would assume more likely she wants to try to gain favor with Vader and maybe either knows that there's some history between Obi-Wan and Vader or at least knows that Obi-Wan is a high value target that, you know, he was part of the Jedi Council. He was a famous general in the Clone Wars. And like, if I can take this guy out, Vader's gonna reward me above, you know, all these other Inquisitors, and she's trying to get ahead. So, um, you know, and who knows, this maybe is gonna take place in like the first couple episodes. And so, I think for maybe the middle part of the series, I think it is really gonna focus on Reva, um, pursuing Obi Wan, and, and she's gonna be kind of his main adversary. And then, um, you know, but then there's a line of dialogue towards the end of the trailer where she's got her lightsaber out pointed. And uh, she's like, you can't win, Obi-Wan. You can't escape him. And as she's saying this, we see the mechanical arm lock into place on the, the stump of the limb. And we see, um, you know, just a couple quick shots of, uh, you know, different things, different pieces coming into place on Vader. And we don't even see the full, um, you know, the, the full image of him in the mask or anything. It's just, you know, you see the arm and then just a couple shots of his torso. Like, I think there's one from the side where you see the that control box or whatever it is, you know, just sort of being inserted into place. And then from the front, we see it lighting up and you hear the breath. And then we see a shot of Obi-Wan, who's obviously somewhere else. And it, it seems like he's kind of sensing Vader's presence. And that's one of those things where like, it, that could kind of be whatever, like it could be him sensing Vader. It could be have him having a feeling about something else. It could be, maybe he, maybe that's him snapping out of a flashback or something. Um, but obviously they at least cut it together in the trailer to make it seem like he's, you know, sensing that Vader's coming after him. Um, and it was just a cool, you know, cool ominous way to end the trailer. And, um, just build the anticipation for the showdown between those two. Obviously, like we don't need to see Vader in in full form in all his glory because we already know that Vader is going to be in the show and we already know what Vader looks like. Um, but, you know, to just show just a couple recognizable, you know, parts of him and just glimpses of, of that image. Um, and of course, you know, the, the iconic breathing sound um, just... Man, it's just enough to uh, to get you hyped, get you want to watch the show if you aren't already. I mean, we probably couldn't be more hyped already for this show at this point. But um, just a great way to end it. Like I said, just the perfect amount of, of tease and setup there of not showing too much, but showing just enough to to throw us all into a frenzy. So, um, yeah, it was it was awesome. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Was that uh, just the right amount of Vader tease there at the end? I think so. And it's kind of funny when you think about it, it can go either way with having Vader in this trailer. Cause you just think about, at least I do anyway, back to the first episode three teaser. And he's one of the first images we see of the movie for episode three, where you would think, Oh, they want to keep it as much of a secret as possible to show the return of Vader. And like I said, we know what he looks like. We know he's going to be in it. So it's not going to be like some big thing. We just can so curious to see what it's going to be like and what it's going to look like. We know what Vader is going to look like, but yet, it's still so effective to have it to have him be teased in this trailer. I think where we are not seeing uh, full frontal Vader with his helmet and mask. It's just little teases here and there, but it's still awesome. Just the fact of seeing his robotic arms and his chest plate in the box that is on there get 
we actually see it get put on his body and part of his suit, which is really cool seeing stuff where we haven't seen before with Vader like that. And it's being the perfect tease for this trailer. And I don't care how many times they do it. Ending a trailer or beginning a trailer with Vader's breathing, it's always going to be effective. <laughs> I'll never get tired of that because especially in the context of this series, having to be a shot of Obi-Wan who, where you, like you said, it looks like he's sensing Vader's presence and just kind of the look of fear he's having on his face right there. It's just awesome that where it goes into with his breathing. So I think it was a really cool way to end the trailer and just being a great balance of not quite yet revealing Vader, even though they could. Um, but yet still having it be it's like teasing it for where we probably won't see him until we actually see the first episode he's going to be in. And that's going to be so awesome. So, yeah, I just think it's you can go either way with it. I mean, we'd be plenty excited. And I think it could be effective, too, if they decided to show full shots of Vader because they could easily do so. But I think they understand the excitement for it and not even just Vader, but just the reunion between him and Obi-Wan is going to be such a big thing and a special thing in this series. And they want to save that for when you're actually watching it. So just getting these little teases here and there is just the perfect amount just to build that hype level even more. So yeah, I thought it was great and just beautifully done here. But um, going back to um, the Inquisitor Reva and just some of the points you were mentioning about as far as her motivation for her really being the only Inquisitor who's just dead set on getting Obi-Wan and not for herself. Cause I was going to bring that up too, um, where we hear her say, you can't escape him where he sh it's something in a trailer or moments like that. You usually hear the villain say, you can't escape me. Like you won't get away from me. I'll find you. But mm -hmm. it's just right away. You're just getting the sense that she's doing all this for Vader. And like you said, it could be something where she's just trying to gain favor, be the one, maybe she's trying to become the grand inquisitor. And she knows this is, what's going to kind of make a name for herself if she's able to bring in Obi-Wan Kenobi, the one Vader's been after all this time. So that could be her main motivation. But at the same time, too, I think it could be something a little more than that, where we know um, a lot of the Inquisitors, if not most of them, are former Jedi. And what if she's a Jedi who, for the, we don't know the circumstances, but does know that um, Anakin is Darth Vader? Because, correct hmm. me if I'm wrong, maybe I should go back and reread some of those Darth Vader comics, but I'm pretty sure uh, the Inquisitors don't know that's Anakin because it's just such a very few select number of people who do know that Vader is actually Anakin. And if she is someone who does know that and just knows how much <laughs> or the importance um, getting Obi-Wan would be knowing that information that she has, and it probably does come down to her wanting to make her name for herself and become the Grand Inquisitor, but she might have that one edge that maybe none of the other Inquisitors had. And knowing that he is Anakin and that's why it's so important for him and for her to get um, Obi-Wan to him. And maybe she's someone who has, if she was a former Jedi, where she had a relationship with both Anakin and Obi-Wan, where she did go on missions with them during the Clone Wars or in uh, other periods uh, before the events of Revenge of the Sith. So there's just, I just think we're going to get more layers to Reva than just that's being led on here in the trailer as far as her just kind of wanting to win uh, Vader's favor just to move up in the ranks and the Inquisitors. I'm sure that'll be a part of it, but um, it seems like there's going to be more to it, I think, um, which it would be cool to get uh, more information if it does dive deep into uh, her time as a Jedi, if she is, in fact, a Jedi, like some of the other Inquisitors are. So um, that was another big takeaway, just really seeing the determination and the motivation 
of her do, wanting to do this uh, or to get Obi-Wan for Vader when none of the other Inquisitors and probably even the Grand Inquisitors uh, probably think it might just be a futile thing to chase and just a waste of time. And that's why you hear that voice kind of say that he's gone. So um, this is going to be something more to her character that I'm really interested to find out as we uh, see her in the series. Yeah, that's a good point. Because, um, I mean, on the one hand, like I said, that makes me wonder, like, what even is what's going to happen to Obi-Wan at the beginning? Or what's he going to do to get all of them off his tail? That's going to make even the Grand Inquisitor just assume, oh, Kenobi's gone. Like, he's not worth pursuing mm -hmm. anymore. Or who knows, maybe he's going to kill one of the Inquisitors at the beginning. And, you know, they um, mm -hmm. they realize, oh, like, maybe they're scared of him or realize, oh, it's not worth the effort to go after this guy. But I don't think that would be the case. Because then, like... You know, we know that any Jedi threat that's too dangerous for the Inquisitors, like that's when Vader steps in. Um, yeah. <laughs> they're not just going to go, oh, OK, we'll just let this powerful Jedi roam around. Um, and it also seems like and maybe this is just from some of the interviews and stuff that I'm remembering, but it sounds like like I'm guessing it might even be a couple episodes in the show before we see Obi-Wan use his lightsaber for the first time. Um, oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm, I'm actually preparing myself for the final episode being the only time we see him ignite that lightsaber in his <laughs> duel with Vader. I hope. Well, see, I hope it's more than just the final episode because, like, I think he's got to fight the Inquisitors too, or at least Reva at some point. Um, but yeah, like we see him using blasters against like bounty hunters and stuff. Oh, that's the other thing too is Reva says. Um, Something about like, oh, I want every bounty hunter and low life and scoundrel going after him. And, you know, we see Obi-Wan fighting, you know, a bunch of criminals and people with guns and stuff. And he's got a blaster. Uh, there's a what shot of like someone. Four -Lom. I, sure I was going to say, yeah, that yeah. it seems like Forlom might be in there. Um, so, you know, that'll be cool. And of course, we know Obi-Wan's views on blasters. So seeing him yeah. have to resort to that. But I mean, obviously, as a survival tactic, because, you know, using a lightsaber is just going to make you a beacon. But I also wonder how much of that has to do with his own um, sort of loss of faith in the Jedi way and in himself after everything that's happened, that maybe he's afraid to take up his lightsaber again. So, um mm -hmm. Yeah, that'll be a, a really interesting journey to see how he even gets to that point. <clears throat> um, but yeah, like I said, so, so you know, something's got to happen between him and the Inquisitors to get to the point where Reva is the only one still chasing him. And then I also wonder, like, what her ultimate fate is going to be. Um, because it's easy to assume that, like, oh, Obi-Wan's going to cut her down and then he's going to get to Vader. Or maybe Vader will kill her for failing, even though um, <clears throat> that would be you know, kind of redundant from Jedi Fallen Order, but yeah, you know, I was not every same thing. <laughs> yeah, I hope they don't do that. But obviously not everybody's played that game. So um you know they could do that. But I'm also wondering if maybe, you know, especially like you're talking about if she really is gonna have more layers to her character and it's gonna be like a, a main character in the series, what if she has some kind of redemption arc? What if Obi-Wan mm -hmm. Uh, you know, realizes that she's a fallen Jedi. Maybe, like, what if she's kind of his second chance um, uh, at another Anakin kind of situation? Like, he realizes that she was just a Padawan when the Order fell and somehow was, you know, captured or s either chose to uh, just side with the Empire for her own survival or was forced to or tortured or whatever. Um, and... You know, he sees that, like, Anakin's too far gone, but maybe she's not. And, um, you know, tries to turn her away from that. Um, so that would be re really interesting as well. And if, you know, if uh, Obi-Wan and Reva end up 
developing sort of a more interesting relationship aside from just her trying to kill him and him trying to escape. That would be really cool too. Yeah. It just makes me think about that line in return of the Jedi where Vader says, Obi-Wan once thought as you did when Luke tells him to come with me. Cause I think we were going to get hmm. a moment like that between both of them in the series to make, um, you know, have that line be more impactful and kind of really knowing that that act was said by Obi-Wan because we never hear anything anything like that in the Revenge of the Sith. But what if that has to do with like Reva also where maybe he gets through to her and she not just like leaves with him or not necessarily goes back to Tatooine with him, but leaves the Inquisitors and just goes off on her own path, whether it's in exile or somewhere else um, that she needs to be to get away from Vader and the Inquisitors. But at the same time, Obi-Wan was successful with her and he offers that same hand to Vader, you know, come with me to just one last plea to save Anakin as maybe he did with Reva. Because I think that could be interesting too if that is, if she does have a redemption arc over the course of the series. Because I totally agree. I don't want to see the same thing repeated in Jedi Fallen Order, and but you make a good point where not everyone has played that. But um, knowing all the diehard Star Wars fans who just eat up everything in the canon knows the events that happened there. So it would seem redundant, I think, to a lot of people or fans who watch it. So I'm hoping they go more of a different route, but it would just make things more interesting and just in a way just more sad for Obi-Wan if that's the case where he still can't reach Anakin. Even maybe he does feel hopeful that maybe having saved someone who fallen to the dark side and that gives him a little bit of more hope. Maybe he can do the same for Anakin as Vader, but ultimately finds out that that's not the case. And that kind of this obviously leads into their final encounter. So yeah, that could be a different, definitely an interesting way to go about um, one of the main villains in the series. Cause as we were talking about how we know, it seems like Reva is going to be, the main antagonist throughout the course of the series, especially early on before we get um, to Vader, who we know is going to have a presence throughout the entire series, but we may not actually see to the final few episodes, but it would make for definitely uh, a good character arc to follow for Reva if we get more information on her past and if it does lead to something that is a redemption arc. So we'll see, but there's definitely some cool potential there <laughs> with us doing more speculation as far as guessing on what's going to happen, but we'll, which of course is part of the fun. We'll just have to wait and see. But I think some cool stuff's definitely um, the potential's definitely there for some cool stuff. Yeah, for sure. And <clears throat> I think also too, like you said, like even if we don't see Vader until the last couple episodes, which is also what I'm expecting, um, or it, I should say, if we don't see Obi Wan confront Vader until the last couple episodes, I think we will see Vader. Um, Earlier on, I think we might see him in, interacting with the Inquisitors either in person or at least via hologram just yeah. to kind of establish that presence, but also establish their relationship with him so that like, um, you know, newer viewers who aren't familiar with the Inquisitors know kind of the hierarchy and know that these guys aren't Sith Lords. These are Vader's Jedi hunters. Um, but also, yeah, to, to kind of just establish that. Um, kind of like in Rebels, like season two, how you had the, uh, you know, that confrontation with Vader at the beginning to kind of light that fuse where you're then waiting for the inevitable confrontation between him and Ahsoka at the end. Um, and so I wonder if, like, I think there will be something early on in the series where maybe not that Vader and Obi-Wan come face to face, but like maybe the Inquisitors discover Obi-Wan on Tatooine and report that back to Vader. And then, you know, again, that that kind of lights that fuse that like, oh, Vader knows that Obi-Wan's out there now. I guess he would already know that. Like he knew he survived because 
he beat him on Mustafar, but um, you know, kind of having a an indication as to where he might be and kind of showing um, that like, okay, this is my goal now is I want to get this guy. But then, yeah, like you said, seeing, you know, Reva being like, you know, you can't escape him. Um, see, I wonder how that's going to play out. Like at that point, does, does Obi-Wan already know that it's Vader who's after him? Or is that going to be like him? Who's him? Like, oh, shoot. Like, is that going to mm. be the moment where it's like, oh, there's somebody yeah. else coming? Um, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> but it might be that moment for Obi-Wan. But I, again, I hope for us as the audience, I hope there's a moment before that where like we know who their boss is and we know you know, when, when she says him, we know who, who she means. And I'm not talking about just us diehard fans who already know this stuff. Like, I hope they kind of establish that for the audience. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait to, to see all these different, uh, you know, character dynamics play out. I can't wait for whatever surprises they've got in store. Um, I keep hearing people say in, um, in interviews or I can't remember if it was the Obi-Wan or the Ahsoka series that people said, uh, you know, like Clone Wars fans are going to love this. I think that might have been the Ahsoka series. Ahsoka. Yeah. Um, but also, like, again, even you and Hayden doing all this press have been talking about how, like, they made, they kind of made this show, like, for the prequel fans. And, uh, you know, I even saw, like, an excerpt from a, an interview today where they were asking uh, Hayden about the lightsaber duel between Obi Wan and Vader. And he said that they kind of took their, um, their inspiration for the, the action and the lightsaber duels more from the prequels than from the original trilogy. And he said, you know, these characters have aged since the last time we've seen them, but they haven't aged that much. Um, and we know obviously from row one, even like even right up to before a new hope, like, you know, Vader could still uh, hold his own and still kick plenty of butt. So um, yeah, I, I can't wait to see what they do with this. Like, I hope the story is great. I hope aside from just seeing Ewan and Hayden again, I hope we get some other great new characters and, and some really great story. But if nothing else, I will be like, this show could be five episodes of boring story, but then end in a lightsaber duel between Obi-Wan and Vader and just getting to see a rematch between the two of them in, I, I wouldn't say that's like, exactly like revenge of the sith i don't know how intense the sword fighting is going to be or how long that duel is going to be but to have it on that level like with hayden and ewan doing the fighting again because we know how good both of them are um and just get to see that level of a fight almost you know again almost as like a jedi and a sith lord in their prime um and just with the uh you know obviously the way the effects and the fighting techniques and, and stuff have um improved since the original trilogy just if they deliver on that lightsaber duel and deliver some great emotional uh character moments between those two i think the whole show will be worth it just for that but i hope there's a lot of great stuff along the way and i think that there will be yeah to quote qui-gon i have no doubt of that <laughs> yeah but another thing i wanted to bring up too and i'm curious to get your take on it there were some shots where Look like in the Inquisitor Fortress, and also cool too to see. It looks like we're getting the Purge Troopers mm -hmm. um, in this, which look great <laughs> in live action. And it'd be awesome if they're clones too, because I know that was a big feature or a big reveal in the Darth Vader comics by Charles Soule, where it was revealed that they were clone troopers. But I'm yeah. not sure if that'll be still be the case here. But I can dream. Um, but it looks like there's a battle going on there. That just makes me think: where is there? Are we going to see like a? an all out like blaster battle between some Imperial troops, inquisitors and some forces I would haven't even been revealed yet. Maybe like some portion of fact of a rebel cell that will be there to do battle with. But then as we were talking about it, and I'm 
kind of going through the trailer um, as as we're discussing it and just going back to what we're talking about with Riva because there is a shot of her what looks to be on the Inquisitor Fortress with her lightsaber out dodging and deflecting blasters and that just made me think and there's that shot where like the troopers uh, start pointing their guns at someone that we don't see and it just makes me think now as we're talking about maybe her having this redemption arc and maybe if she leaves the Inquisitors what if we're kind of seeing that in this one shot here where she is abandoning it and she has to fight off against her own troops and hmm. they're trying to, to prevent her from escaping. And I didn't necessarily think about that until we started talking about um, that being a possibility because it made me think, oh, we're going to get kind of like a big battle in this fortress besides just Obi-Wan invader maybe, or in the Inquisitors, I mean, because I'm still under the impression that that battle between Obi-Wan and Vader is going to take place on Mustafar just because of that concept art and it looked amazing and it would be awesome to see their duel take place there again. So I'm still hopeful for that. But um, for what we've seen in this trailer, there is going to be an action sequence on the Inquisitor Fortress and with the troopers there and blasters going off, um, it made me think they're going to be fighting some other soldiers maybe there. But now it just makes me think maybe there is some to maybe Reva realizing she doesn't want to be part of the inquisitors or just with the dark side and now she has to make her escape and go through some other inquisitors and purge troopers stormtroopers and maybe that action we're seeing there is just between the troopers and her um kind of making her way through so this again more great stuff in this trailer that's teasing some cool action sequences and maybe some story beats but we're not exactly sure how all this is going to play out and that's a big part of the fun of dissecting and talking about these trailers on these podcasts. And this one of these thoughts just randomly come to you as uh, you go over, watch it and just kind of put some pieces together. Maybe that you haven't thought of before, but that's something that stood out to me when I first saw the trailer of maybe getting some big action sequence, but now maybe it might just focus on one character here. So it's going to be interesting to see um, what that action sequence on the inquisitor base is going to entail once we finally see it. Yeah, you know, I'll have to go back and watch those shots again, because um, like I remember the ones you're talking about, but I just didn't, I didn't analyze it that thoroughly and, and kind of think about that. Um, I just I assumed maybe Obi Wan ends up there. Like we haven't seen any footage of him on the Inquisitor Fortress, but we know that that's going to be kind of a key location in the show. Um, but yeah, you're right. Maybe it's Riva, you know, turning on her own troops or them turning on her. You know, maybe she she disobeys an order from Vader or something and he orders all the troops mm-hmm. to turn on her. Um, but yeah, also maybe there is other some other faction involved. Maybe, maybe Obi-Wan gets captured and he's got some allies that come to break him out. Or maybe, you know, just with all these Inquisitors and stuff on his tail, maybe he needs to get some help and maybe goes to like Bail Organa. Um, exactly (laughs) who really is his only other you know ally at this point aside from yoda um so yeah maybe we will see bail and like an early rebel cell get involved in some some capacity maybe we'll see saw guerrera again and we're just gonna be like what the heck is this guy doing here you know no idea he was gonna show up um he does like Saw Gerrera does like to make the rounds and appearances. Yeah, <laughs> there's video games, animated series now. <laughs> so yeah, and you know I would be totally fine with that. I love Saw being like that one guy that just kind of shows up in everything. Um, but yeah, so so a uh, lot of interesting possibilities there. Like I said, I'll, I'll have to go back and take a look at those shots again because I'm not sure if. Um, 
Like, I know there, I, I'm pretty sure there's a shot of Reva with a bunch of troops behind her, and it looks like they're all looking at someone or something, and the troops are, like, aiming their guns. And then, yeah, there's a shot of her, like, blocking blaster fire. But I'm going to have to go back and look at it again and see, like, are there are there troops behind her? Does it look like she's, you know, fighting with them, or could they be against her? Um, I don't know. By the way, it's funny because, you know, we, we didn't mention at the beginning, the reason Paul's not on this episode is because he hasn't watched the trailer yet. He's, like, oh, yeah. a, only a couple... <laughs> weeks away from the series i don't want to see anything new i just want to wait till it comes out um so yeah getting into all this speculation and stuff about you know what this shot or that shot might mean and what's exactly going on there paul would be like oh no, 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 don't tell me i don't want to know um so uh yeah i don't know i don't know at this point if we'll do another episode before the show comes out probably not unless you know some other news drops between now and then or they announce something ahead of celebration but um, obviously we'll have Paul back with us after the, uh, you know, after celebration, after the Obi-Wan premiere to talk about all this stuff. Um, I still got to figure out how we're going to plan all that out. Cause we're going to have I know. <laughs> so much to talk about. What I might actually do is, um, so I'll be at Phoenix fan fusion that weekend, uh, doing some star Wars panels with, uh, you know, my friends, Jason and Joey, who I do star Wars panels with there every year. And, um, we'll be doing, uh, on, well, actually both on Saturday, we're doing uh, an Obi-Wan review panel in the morning. Cause it's going to be the day, the day after the show premieres, we're going to do a whole hour long panel, just reviewing the first two episodes of the show. <clears throat> and a couple hours later, we do a panel every year, just called the future of star Wars, where we talk about like the latest movie and talk about, you know, trailers for whatever's coming next and all that kind of stuff. And this year, since it's happening at the same time as celebration, our whole future of star Wars panel is just going to be going over all the news and reveals from celebration and talking about like Ahsoka and Mando season three and Andor and Bad Batch and like whatever else they reveal. Um, and Joey usually records those panels or, or, you know, one of us usually records audio from those panels. And then sometimes each of us will, will post them on our separate podcasts. I think I've posted a couple of our panels as episodes on our podcast here before. Um, so I might do that just that weekend like just post a couple of our panels as episodes just so you guys have something to listen to um and then when i'm back from that and tim's back from celebration you know we can figure out a time for all of us to to get together and you know we'll we'll figure out what we're going to do from there but um don't worry there'll be plenty of stuff to talk about and we are going to talk about all of it and i'm sure we're going to have multiple episodes that go three hours or longer it's just a matter of when we're going to have time to record all of them Yep, we kept talking about all year, just the calm before the storm. Well, the storm is just a couple of weeks away. <laughs> the storm is here, and it's it's going to be a big one. It's not even like, oh, okay, we finally got some new Star Wars content, and it's you know spread out over a few weeks. It's like, no, having you know you at one con, me at another con, uh, you know, celebration announcements, Obi-Wan premiere, you know, two episodes, no less, all in the same weekend is going to be nuts. But yeah, we're, um, we're basically living on Camino. That's how big the storm is. <laughs> basically, basically. Um, but yeah, it's it's going to be a ton of fun. I wouldn't have it any other way. Same big same. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, any other like specific moments from the trailer or, or shots or anything that you wanted to point out? No, that was the only other big one I wanted to mention, that battle sequence on the Inquisitor Fortress, but just a great trailer. I loved everything about it. Just, again, keeping it safe, but yet getting you very, very excited. And a lot of it, too, mainly just by dialogue 
from what Owen said to Obi-Wan, um, Reva talking about um, you can't escape him, and even Obi-Wan's dialogue in the beginning about needing to hide or we won't survive. It just makes you think, who is he talking to there? Is it a new character? Part of me wants to think if it's Luke, but I don't think him and Luke are going to be kind of out on an adventure together. I don't think that's going to be the case where they have to hide. But um, it does make me wonder who he's actually talking to or uh, what that line of dialogue is being said. It could just be some random uh, person he's trying to help on Tatooine. But just a lot of great stuff in here, both in the dialogue and just visually, too. I cannot wait <laughs> for this series. I'm so glad we're getting two episodes when it premieres on May 27th. I keep saying how it's going to be the Star Wars event of the year. And I I even feel that way more so after seeing this trailer, while at the same time knowing this trailer has barely probably scratched the surface and it's just the tip of the iceberg for the awesome stuff that's going to come in the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. So, yeah, it was awesome. I love this trailer. I remember we were talking about if we even get another full trailer or maybe just some extended TV spots um, from now until May, but I'm so glad we got a second one to celebrate May the 4th. Um, what better way to kick off celebrating Star Wars Day than getting a trailer for the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. So, yeah, I love it. And just counting down the days. We're so close, but yet it still feels so far because <laughs> we're just so darn excited to see this. Yeah, definitely. And, I mean, the trailer is still only like a minute and a half long. So even though, like, yeah, the last one was labeled as, like, the Obi-Wan Kenobi teaser, and then this was, like, Obi-Wan Kenobi official trailer, we still have seen really hardly anything from this show in the grand scheme of yeah. things. And like you said, I'm sure they even be... reused a lot of same shots from that first teaser in this. Yeah. Like a, a lot of the same shots or again, just, you know, maybe slightly different shots of just some of the same characters and same locales. Um, there really was not anything new revealed in this trailer that we hadn't really seen before aside from Vader. Oh, and then I guess we also did get our first look at uh, Kumail Nanjani's character. Um, oh yeah. Who we, we still don't know like, his name or, or what type of character he is or whatever, but there's a quick shot of him in the trailer kind of looking afraid and like he might be on the run. So I don't know if he is some kind of informant or maybe he's a Jedi. Maybe he's the one that the Inquisitors get to at the beginning. Um, there's also a shot of, I, I assume it's him or it could be somebody else holding a new little type of droid that looked kind of cute. So that was fun too. Um, but yeah, really aside from that, you know, again, it was, it was Obi-Wan, the Grand Inquisitor, Reva, Tatooine, um the the neon hong kong looking planet and the inquisitor fortress and you know that was about it um and obviously there's going to be a lot more to the show than than just those characters and locations um but yeah we just have a couple weeks to wait to uh to see what kind of stuff they have in store for us i absolutely can't wait um it's crazy because now pretty soon we'll probably start seeing some more tv spots and stuff like that um which is always funny because like part of me is like, okay, I've seen enough. I don't want to see any more. I would hate for them to spoil something in a TV spot. Um, kind of yeah. like Dr. Strange started doing, you know, mm -hmm. like a couple weeks before that came out and they started showing a lot of the character cameos and stuff in TV spots. Um, yeah, I was gonna say, Disney's kind of been dropping the ball on that bit lately. They've usually been pretty good in their marketing as far as not showing too much stuff in the TV spots, but especially mainly in the Marvel stuff, it's kind of, they're going a little extreme on that <laughs> or I hope they well, dial it back. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is they've been doing it with the Marvel stuff, but with Star Wars, it's always still so secretive. Like we got several different TV spots for the Book of Boba Fett and that didn't give anything away. Um, you yeah, know, I just hope I, that doesn't trickle down on the Star Wars marketing team, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I feel like, you know, even though it's all under Disney, like Lucasfilm and Marvel, um, 
you know, kind of have, they have very different marketing strategies too, because like in general, I feel like we see teasers and stuff for Marvel stuff a lot farther ahead of time. Um, you know, I feel like Marvel's a little bit less secretive with their stuff, whereas Lucasfilm is like play everything so close to the vest that everybody's like, hey, are we, are we ever going to actually get to see something from this? Um, you know, like, for example, Disney Plus Day last year back in November, you know, we got a whole like 15 minute reel of Marvel stuff um, with, you know, some teases and, and like bits of footage and stuff from their upcoming shows. And then Lucasfilm, all we got was that Boba Fett documentary and the Obi-Wan sizzle reel when everybody was expecting at the very least an Obi-Wan teaser trailer um, and maybe even something from Andor or Bad Batch season two. And that stuff wasn't even mentioned. So um, but in this case, I hope they stick to that strategy because like, I don't want them to reveal a bunch of stuff from Obi-Wan. Do what they did with Book of Boba Fett, which was, you know, they released a bunch of TV spots, but it was pretty much all the same footage, just recut in different ways. Um, and each one didn't really show anything new, maybe had one or two new shots, but you know, didn't give away any spoilers or anything like that. Um, cause I know, you know, part of me is going to be like, I don't want to see anything else. And then part of me is going to be like, but it's new Obi-Wan footage. I must have it. I, I want to see it and just get excited and get hyped and hear the music and everything. But I also don't want it to show me too much. So, um, yeah, I don't yeah, know. Because we'll right That's... now I'm good. As like, I would probably don't want to see more. I'll probably be joining Paul and not wanting to see any more new footage now that I got this trailer. But at the same time, too, like you said, if one something does come out and you start seeing people talk about it and geek out about it, it's like, Am I going to be able to resist the temptation? Like, what if we do, they do release one that has a quick shot of Vader? I don't know if I will be able to not watch it, but right now yeah. that's my plan. <laughs> my plan is to be fully done with seeing any more new footage for Obi-Wan. Honestly, if there's one that shows like a full shot of Vader or even shows like a quick shot of Obi-Wan and Vader facing off, I would be okay seeing that because we know that's going to happen anyway. The stuff that I don't want to see is like if we do see any Clone Wars flashbacks where we get to see Obi-Wan and Anakin together um, or, you know, even any any character cameos or new locations that we didn't know were going to be part of the show. Like, I don't want to see any of that kind of stuff. Um, so like I said, if they just give us a bunch of TV spots that are just kind of recut versions of the same footage we've already seen, I'll be fine with that. I would also say at this point, like I'm good. I don't need to see anymore. But then I also know the first time I see, you know, new Obi-Wan clip, I'm going to be like, dang it. I got to watch this. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to try to be good. <laughs> yeah, we'll try. We'll see. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. We've only got a couple weeks to wait either way. Um, and yeah, it's it's wild that it's that close, man. I mean, it seemed like I know. I mean, we're already almost two weeks into May, which is crazy. It feels like May just started. It feels like May the fourth was two days ago, um, and it still feels like oh, we got Obi Wan coming up at the end of this month. But now it's like oh, it's just over a couple weeks away, and it'll be here before you know it. So should be a blast. I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait to get back on here with you guys and talk about everything after those first couple episodes and. Uh, just you know go crazy with reviews and speculation on where it's going to go next and all that kind of stuff and then also uh real quick just to tie in with uh the obi-wan release you know they always do their their marketing product stuff with like force friday and mando mondays and all that kind of stuff that they've done in the past and uh, for obi-wan it's going to just be obi-wan wednesdays um and that starts may 25th uh so 
yeah, just a couple days. Well, that was the original release date. Now it's a couple days before the premiere. Um, and every week they're going to be releasing, you know, new figures and merchandise and collectibles and stuff from the series. Um, but to go along with this announcement, uh, first there's this cool new promo image, you know, just kind of this, this like marketing banner for the show that has the Star Wars Obi-Wan Kenobi logo. And it's got uh, images of like the faces of Obi-Wan and Vader and then kind of a little silhouette of them facing off. And that looks really cool. But they also released a couple of new products already. Um, or I say released, they, they released looks at, and I think these are available for pre-order. I don't know when they're coming out. It's Hasbro, so probably like 2024. Um, but there's a, uh, a black series, a new black series force effects, Obi-Wan Kenobi lightsaber that looks really cool. Um, and then also a black series, Darth Vader helmet, um, that are both based on, you know, Obi-Wan and Vader's, uh, looks and, and lightsaber and things from the show. So, um, definitely stuff to check out if you're into collecting that kind of stuff. But I mean, I made the joke about it not coming out for a while just because like, it seems like any new Star Wars thing that they come out with now, it's like you pre-order it and it comes out a year from now. I just saw today, they also, um, unre like revealed or, um, unveiled the pre-orders for a new, uh, black series figure of Obi-Wan from the Obi-Wan series. And it comes out like January, 2023. And I was like, like, I don't, it might be sold out by now. This was like yeah, a few hours ago during the day when I checked and I was like, man, I could jump on this pre-order, but like, I mean, obviously I'll still be excited for Obi-Wan in, you know, seven, eight months from now or however long that is. But like, I want to get new stuff, like when I'm hyped up for the show, you know, like I got the, uh, the Mando figure on force Friday back when you know, back in like 2019, when they had that first wave of figures that came out like the month before the, uh, the show came out. Um, and you know, same with the movies and stuff, like they usually have some figures out like a few months or a couple months before, um, the movie comes out. But yeah, I don't know. Just the fact that Obi-Wan Kenobi comes out this month and the soonest we're going to get any kind of merch or, you know, action figures of characters from the show is going to be like January of next year when we're all going to be thinking about Mando season three and, you know, whatever else is coming mm -hmm. after that is just like, feels like they're dropping the ball there. Um, and I don't know if that had to do with, I mean, who knows how much of it has to do with like COVID and just production delays and like shipping delays and stuff that are still affecting the economy right now. But also, I don't know if it had to do with like Lucasfilm just being secretive around stuff with the Obi-Wan series. But I mean, it seems like having an Obi-Wan Kenobi figure on shelves when the Obi-Wan Kenobi series comes out shouldn't be that hard to do. It's not like <laughs> the fact that Obi-Wan is in the series is going to be a spoiler. His name is in the dang title. So I don't know. Um, that just, I don't know. It, it gets me a little less excited to like collect stuff from the new show when I know I'm not going to get it until almost a year after the show comes out. Um, but regardless, there's still going to be, you know, no shortage of stuff to get eventually whenever it does come out. So yeah, you got the lightsaber, you got the helmet and, uh, keep an eye out for those Obi-Wan Wednesdays for whatever other new, uh, new products they're going to be releasing throughout the show. I'm sure there'll also be, you know, black series figures for like Reva and Vader and the Grand Inquisitor and all the other characters in the show. Uh, and maybe those will be out by 2024. Who knows? But, you know, hopefully they get some out sooner <laughs> than later. You would hope so, because like you said, like I'm thinking about the early days back to the prequel releases where part of the fun and the lead up to the movie's release when you know you're close is the market or is the merchandise release for it. And uh, even for the 
sequel trilogy where you had Force Fridays. It was always just a fun period of knowing you're getting closer and closer to the, the release of the movie. And of course, things are different with it being a TV show, but still, I totally agree with what you're saying. It would be nice to get the things that you're for the series you're going about to watch and that's supposed to come out. You would get it when pretty near to the release of that series, not a year later. So that is disappointing, even though I'm not much big on collecting anymore. But you would still like to have that synergy between the merchandise and uh, the actual release of the material it's trying to promote, whether it be a movie or a TV series. Yeah, so a little disappointing, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see what other stuff they come out with for it. Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, you know, Force Friday was always awesome. I was a little too young back when the prequels were coming out. Like, I got some of the toys and stuff, but I didn't go to, like, the midnight launches or I wasn't, like, real big into collecting back then. I just like playing with Star Wars toys. But, like, going to Force Friday for the sequels was awesome. You know, getting to, like, Toys R Us or Target or whatever at midnight and, you know, seeing the first new Star Wars figures on the shelves. And so, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's not going to be as big for a series, but also, like... Like you said, this is the Star Wars event of the year. I've already seen, you know, they've got like billboards up for the show in Times Square and stuff like that. Um, and I know they've also done stuff like that with like, uh, you know, Mando and Book of Boba Fett. But like, especially for those of us that grew up with the prequels and, you know, just having Ewan come back as Obi-Wan is, it's huge. And you would think that the least we could get would be an Obi-Wan action figure to go along with it. But alas. <laughs> Apparently we'll get it. We'll get ask. it. We'll get an Obi Wan action figure to go along with Mando season three. <laughs> but anyway, um, so the other thing, of course, that we got on Disney Plus Day was the Disney Gallery for the Book of Boba Fett, um, and I want to talk about that just a little bit, just because you know I love all the the behind the scenes kind of stuff that we get for this. And like we said, you know, this one I think we've had to wait the longest for out of any of the Disney Gallery stuff. And we were like, hey, we're still eventually getting this, right? But obviously for them to drop that on Disney Plus Day, that was pretty cool. Um, you know, good a time as any to get that if you're not going to get it right after the show comes out. Um, but yeah, I I just love getting to hear Dave Filoni and John Favreau uh, talk about Star Wars and just their process of making it and stuff. But then, you know, for the Book of Boba Fett, it's also cool just hearing Tamara Morrison and Robert Rodriguez talk about how much how much they love that character as well. Um, and there's always lots of fun little just, you know, behind the scenes things that you wouldn't get to see otherwise, like seeing Robert Rodriguez playing his guitar with the Grogu puppet. Um, oh, that was amazing. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. Also, you know, he seeing him and Tem singing together and playing guitar. And uh, there was one part where I think Tamara was singing like the Sarlacc Pit Blues or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so just I mean, gosh, it seems like they just have so much fun on set making these shows, you know. Um, but it, I will say like one of my biggest takeaways from this is it was really cool seeing, um, how much stuff in the show actually was practical effects that I would have just assumed was CGI. Um, like the Rancor, like they made a whole like physical animatronic Rancor head, um, that they then, you know, did CGI for the rest of the body. But I was like, I would have assumed that either the whole thing was, was just CGI or that they did kind of like a, a puppet like they did for return of the jedi um but uh yeah i mean the fact that they built out a whole physical rancor or you know at least a, a head for it was awesome also they showed you know some stuff from like the uh the episode where luke is training grogu and him doing like the handstands and the flips and stuff that again like i would have assumed at least some of that was cgi because we mm -hmm. know at least in the first season 
you know, there was a lot of practical puppet Grogu, but there are some shots where, where he's CGI. And for me, I can at least spot a couple of the shots where he's CGI. Um, but like they had him, they had the little puppet on sticks and they're doing like front flips with him. And they were talking about how long they practiced it for. And then they, you know, they called Dave and John in to show it to them and be like, Hey, is this going to work? And you know, they ended up just doing, um, just doing a lot of practical, like Grogu did his own stunts. I'm like, that's freaking <laughs> awesome. Um, so yeah, I just, I love seeing that kind of stuff. Yeah. I love this Disney gallery for the book of Boba Fett. And it just might be my favorite out of the ones we've gotten so far, because I just think it does a perfect job of covering all the big stuff effectively and evenly. I think and spending enough time with each for the beginning, it's focusing on the return of Boba Fett and him coming out of the Starlack pit, how they did that and how important it was to tell and finally reveal that information to everyone and his journey with the Tuscans and discovering how much it means to him to be part of a tribe and family again and that establishing his motivation for what he does in the series. All that was just great and just hearing everyone talk about it from Dave Filoni, John Favreau, Robert Rodriguez, Tim or Morrison. It was just great. I was eating all that stuff up, stuff up. But then at the same time while we're watching that, you know there's going to be more amazing stuff to come when we get to the episodes with the Mandalorian, Luke and Ahsoka, and mm -hmm. those did not disappoint at all. I mean, we saw, I did see a few screenshots that we kind of talked about on our last episode of some of the shots taken from there of Mark Hamill back as Luke Skywalker in his Return of the Jedi outfit. And, but seeing that entire sequence of them covering that was just, it was amazing. I was just geeking out so much of that. Seeing Mark Hamill there on set with everybody, hearing him say the dialogue we hear luke say but the time it's mark hamill actually saying it him talk to grogu and just how surreal i'm using that word a lot today <laughs> surreal it was just seeing you know current age mark hamill back in his return of the jedi outfit um dispensing jedi wisdom to grogu it was just awesome so it was almost as exciting as seeing that episode for the first time maybe not quite but <laughs> on that same level but um, it was just I was just geeking out so much at that and just hearing the reaction that Rosario Dawson had when she found out she got to work with Mark Hamill on set mm -hmm. and just how again they were using the Plo Koon <laughs> I know version. that was awesome I love that she still showed up and thought she was going to be working with Plo Koon yeah I just seen I mean there's no you just saw it right away just when that reaction she had where it's like Mark Hamill's kind of the background. She just turns around and just has this big smile on her face. It's like, I can't believe I'm doing this. So all that stuff was just such a trip to see. And then, of course, they go into more of the technology improving and using, using more of the deep fake um, aspect of it to have Luke look even better than he did in the Mandalorian season two finale. But um, all that just sprinkled into this hour-long documentary for the Book of Boba Fett, which, you know, I absolutely love. And it was just great getting that inside look um, into this entire series and all the big moments that we got. Um, I, I guess the one nitpick I've had, I mean, he had a little bit of, uh, of time spent on him, but I wish we got a little more Cad Bane or as far as um, yeah. more bringing him into live action. I have Dave Filoni talk about that a bit more, but I can understand where they had a lot of stuff they had to kind of fill in this hour, but I'm just glad they didn't completely ignore Cad Bane and just at least gave him a little, moment in the special because it was a big deal seeing Cad Bane in live action for the first time. So, um, yeah, I love this star Wars documentaries rarely disappoint me. <laughs> uh, but 
and so far the Disney Gallery ones haven't. And I was just really looking forward to the Book of Boba Fett one because I knew there's going to be a lot of great stuff that they could dive into, and they definitely did in in this one. So yeah, I absolutely loved it. Just again, just a great way to celebrate Star Wars Day with first getting the Kenobi trailer, and then I didn't watch the Book of Boba Fett Disney Gallery till later that night to close it out. And there's a great way to close it out uh, for me. It just kind of uh, spending more time with those great moments and characters that we got to see in the book of Boba Fett and from seeing it from uh, behind the camera was just another cool way to experience those characters again that we got to see in the series. So yeah, it was awesome. So glad uh, we finally got it. It was definitely worth the wait, even though it did seem a little bit longer than the rest. It did not disappoint for me. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I think you're right. Like this might actually be my favorite episode too. Of course for season one, like it was all broken up. We got, eight different episodes that were all focused on different mm. aspects. Um, but even, I mean, the one for season two of The Mandalorian was also awesome, you know, especially them spending so much time talking about Ahsoka and, you know, that episode with Dave and getting to see Ahsoka and George together was awesome. Um, but yeah, with this one, I just felt like, you know, there was never a dull moment. Like everything they showed was either like insightful or entertaining, or I feel like I learned something about the show that I didn't know before. Um, and just, you know, I love seeing the passion that everybody puts into this, even, you know, like yeah. whether it be Dave, John, Robert Rodriguez, Bryce Dallas Howard, you know, all these guys love Star Wars, love what they're doing. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you're talking about Cad Bane, like that was another thing, just talking about the practical effects where like I figured and, and could kind of just tell that like that was a, a practical effect that they used for Cad Bane's face, but still like just kind of seeing the behind the scenes footage of him walking around in full costume. And it was just like, holy crap, that's Cad Bane. Like, you know, they didn't do, they didn't like CGI the eyes or do any kind of enhancements on it or anything. It was just like, there's Cad Bane in full costume. Like that was kind of awesome. Um, I do wish they had maybe spent more time just, you know, let Dave talk about the history of the character and stuff, but also for that particular episode, um, you know, obviously they spent so much time talking about Luke and everything, which was also fantastic. And yeah, I mean, we got that whole separate episode, uh, talking about Luke's appearance at the end of, of Mando season two, but I feel like that one focused so much on the technological aspect of it yeah, mm -hmm. and also like the secrecy and and all that kind of stuff. And this one, we got to just see a lot more of like Mark Hamill on set and in costume and interacting with people and, you know, interacting with, with the Grogu puppet and all that kind of stuff. And it was just, oh man, like I, I loved it so much. And it makes me so happy for Mark. Um, you know, I mean, you, you guys know, I love The Last Jedi and I love his performance in that movie, but also it's obviously well-documented, like how he disagreed with the direction of his character in that movie. And so just getting to see him kind of get this unexpected gift of coming back to play the character again, because he was like, hey, I thought I was done with Luke Skywalker and that if they ever went back to tell more characters with him at this age, that they would just cast a younger actor. Um and so seeing that he still gets to be involved and gets to be a part of that and that he loves it so much and still cares so deeply about that character. And then the fact that they do all this, uh, you know, technology with the face swapping and the CGI and everything, the fact that it allows it to still be Mark's performance. I think that's my favorite part about it. Um, you know, because people can debate like, oh, you know, should we be using this technology to like, you know, de-age actors or bring back dead actors or any of that kind of stuff? Like, you know, when you could just recast and like, 
Look, normally, like, I would be, I feel like normally I would be more in favor of recasting. Um, you know, especially, like, for Rogue One, I kind of wish they had just, like, recast someone else's Tarkin. Um, and even for Luke in, in Mando and Book of Boba Fett, I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm fine with the CGI version, but I also would have had no problems with them casting somebody younger. Um, especially because I think the um, the stunt double, the guy they have playing Luke in Book of Boba Fett, it's not the same guy they had in in that final episode of uh, Mando season two. They got a new guy who's a little bit older, and I think looks closer to Mark Hamill because, like, I've I I don't know if I follow him on Instagram, but I at least saw like a post from him on Instagram after that episode came out. And he talked about getting to be involved in it and stuff. And I'm like, honestly, you could have cast this guy as a young Luke and it would have been pretty close. Um, yeah. You know, I was just, just kind of surprised how close he looked to kind of the final version we got in the episode. Yeah, at least just visually. But then mm. again, you know, just watching this and watching the whole thing play out just from a behind the scenes perspective and watching Mark Hamill perform the lines and wear the costume. And even, you know, they showed a little bit of him uh, doing that scene where he's walking along with Grogu and, you know, kind of using the force to like lift Grogu along to keep up with him. And he's telling him about Yoda and and quoting like the, you know, size matters not. And that just warmed my heart so much. And I'm like, to me, that that ends any debate. It's like, I don't care. You know, you can talk about the ethics of of digital actors and whatever, but the fact that like, I mean, it's the technology that allows this to look like young Luke, but like it still is Mark Hamill's performance. And that's the best mm -hmm. part of it for me um, is that he still gets to be kind of the heart and soul of this character. And it's not just him like mentoring another young actor or somebody like copying his performance. It's like there is there's some of Mark's, you know, just heart and spirit and energy in this performance of Luke and uh you know, as long as we're getting that, I say go for it. And I hope they keep using him. I hope that whatever big climactic finale all these shows are building towards that's going to, you know, probably involve Ahsoka and Thrawn and a bunch of Mandalorians and whatever. I hope Luke Skywalker's right smack in the middle of it. Um, and I just I can't wait to see how they continue to use him going forward. And I can't wait to see, uh, you know, where all these shows go. Um but man, just, you know, aside from Luke, like I just, I, I love all this stuff. Like the, uh, you know, I can't wait for the Ahsoka series. I can't wait for Mando season three. Um, even some of the stuff they showed with like the Mandalorian episode with, uh, you know, they, they went into a lot of detail too about that Naboo starfighter and uh, giving it kind of like the classic hot rod treatment with all the mods and everything. And uh, the fact that like Doug Chang, who designed the Naboo Starfighters for yeah. episode one and is now the design director on this show. And he got to kind of do the first like flight test of the model uh, Naboo that Starfighter that they built. Yeah. That was really cool. So, um, yeah, so that's what I mean. Like every episode had cool little snippets and tidbits and Easter eggs and just fun things that, you know, that, that were just kind of heartwarming and, and that you love to see as a Star Wars fan and also things that were just kind of enlightening and, and things that I didn't know were different techniques and stuff that they used on the movie. So, or on the show. So, um, yeah, it's a real treat. If you haven't watched it yet, do yourself a favor and check it out. Um, honestly, I can't wait to watch it again. Um, but yeah, like you said, it's, it's just always great to get to see, um, you know, behind the scenes Star Wars stuff and, uh, you know, get to take a look at just everything that goes into, uh, you know, making these stories that we love. 100%. And just, again, no, we just know now that we're going to be getting more great stuff like that for the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. And imagine how awesome that's going to be. 
knowing how yeah. great this one was too so just keep them coming yeah for sure i already can't wait to get the disney gallery for that show but um man i just can't wait to get the show first right <laughs> when's that out of time i guess <laughs> yeah um speaking of the ahsoka series that actually just went into production a couple days ago um Actually, let me see here. This was May 9th, which was two days ago as of this recording. Um, yeah, there was a tweet from StarWars.com. It said, Ahsoka, an original series, starts production today. And they had a picture of um, kind of in the background, you can see like some computers. It looks like they're maybe on the volume or something. Um, and then in the forefront, there's a director's chair that says Ahsoka on the back. And it's got Dave Filoni's hat hanging off of it, which is <laughs> just such a cool image. Um, yeah. <laughs> Again, especially just for those of us who've been, you know, fans of Clone Wars since the beginning and, uh, you know, just fans of Dave and his work. Um, I'm so happy for him just that he gets to to kind of spearhead this series and continue to tell stories with this character, but get to do it in live action. Um, and it was cool because I saw, you know, some tweets from like people at Lucasfilm um, who were like, man, you know, I remember when Dave would daydream about this, you know, back during the Clone Wars. And he thought, you know, oh, maybe in 20 years we'll get to see Ahsoka, uh, you know, in live action on the big screen or something. And they were like, you know, it didn't take 20 years. It took 10 years. And so, um, man, just so excited for him. So excited to see more of Ahsoka and, uh, you know, her story and whatever other characters we're going to get to see in that show. I'm fully expecting, especially now that the series is underway, I think at Celebration, we'll get some official uh, casting announcements. Um, and I don't know if they'll maybe do something like with Obi-Wan, where they have like the big, uh, you know, full cast announcement with, you know, the big graphic that's got all the actors' pictures on it and stuff. But I think at that Lucasfilm Studio showcase on that Thursday, I think they'll have, like, obviously, we know Dave and John are going to be there. I think they're going to bring out Rosario Dawson. And then I think they're probably going to bring out maybe the actors that are playing like Sabine, Ezra, and Thrawn. Um, because those are the ones that we, you know, we hear rumored and, and speculated about so often. Um, but also ones that would be, you know, major players in the show. Um, and it would just be so cool to, you know, kind of get at least that group announced. Um, and I also wonder, I was thinking about it today too. I was like, I wonder if there's going to be like one new main character in that show that's going to kind of join Ahsoka and her group. Um that could kind of be like a window for the audience who hasn't watched Rebels and and Clone Wars to kind of learn more about these characters. So, you know, Ahsoka would have somebody to explain things to of like what happened to Ezra or who Grand Admiral Thrawn is or something like that. Um, and just kind of be an, an easy way to ease in some of those newer audience members. So there might be some new characters that we get announced too, but can't wait to hear them talk more about it at Celebration. Um, I don't think we're going to get, you know, a, a teaser or anything like that since it just started filming, but maybe we'll get like a couple of production stills or maybe like a first official image or something like that. Kind of like we did when uh, The Mandalorian was first announced and we got that one, you know, that one image um, from the show of like, you know, Din in his armor, like walking down the street on uh, Navarro. So um, I don't know, we might get something like that at Celebration, but I can't wait to hear them talk more about it. But um, just awesome to know that that show is in production and it's just one more exciting Star Wars story that I can't wait till we get to see. Yep, it's just cool in itself to get the announcement knowing that production is underway for Ahsoka, but to get that little teaser image with Dave's now iconic fedora hat with the wolf pin on there on the director's mm -hmm. chair was just 
really, really cool to see. And yeah, I did try zooming in on the image to see if we can make out anything in those monitors. About, yeah, I did too. Um, but can't really make out too much. But still, it makes me wonder too. And of course, we don't know um, how many episodes are going to be. But starting to think now if this is going to be similar to Obi-Wan where Deborah Chow directed all the episodes, I'm kind of starting to think it's going to be Dave Filoni directing all the episodes for Ahsoka. I could totally see that happening, especially knowing how hands-on he is with the character and has directed the two episodes uh, with her in The Mandalorian Season 2 and The Book of Boba Fett. So I um, wouldn't be surprised at all if it does get revealed that Dave is doing or directing all the episodes for the series. Um, but yeah, oh, hopefully... I would- I would only be surprised by that only because they haven't announced that yet, but they did announce that he's writing all the episodes and is also just kind of serving as showrunner. Um, but I haven't heard anything that he's directing all of them. I would assume he would direct at least a couple. I hope that Bryce Dallas Howard also gets to direct an episode or two because everything she's done has been fantastic. Yeah, that would so, be great too. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I, I wouldn't mind having some other you know talented directors involved too, but I'm I'm good either way. Obviously, we know oh, that, yeah. that Dave's, you know, Dave's influence is going to be all over this, uh, whether he's directing every individual episode or not. No, yeah, definitely. I agree. But it just I don't know with the hat being on the director's chair. Obviously, it could just signify that he's directing the first episode and is there for the first day of production. But maybe I'm just taking a little too further than maybe signifying that. Yeah, he's directing the whole series. But I guess we'll have to wait and see to find out. But I agree as far as for cel- what the potential for maybe might get revealed that celebration we'll probably get at least a little more details about what the series is going to be about and maybe some stills but i just think there's a slight chance i'm just gonna say slight that we could get some type of teaser knowing what the technology have with filming in the volume that could maybe put something together really quick of just a few shots here and there just to give us a little something <laughs> as, as far as video footage goes so i'm not ruling that out but it's not something I'm going to be expecting going into that panel. But uh, I wouldn't be totally shocked if we get something as far as like a little teaser trailer or something like that. Yeah, maybe. I mean, that would be cool. I think right now my expectations are set at at least some kind of imagery. Like I said, either production stills or just like a, an official still from the series, but, you know, not actual video footage or even like concept art. Um, or just like, you know, pictures of the characters in their costumes or something like that. Um, I think we'll, you know, we'll get some kind of visual stuff from it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I just wouldn't expect to, to get any kind of teaser or something when like they just started filming and it's celebrations only in a couple weeks. Um, but who knows? They might surprise us. Dave always shows up to celebration with surprises up his sleeve. Yep. (laughs) Um, but, I, I mean, he's going to be coming with so many surprises this time because he's also going to be doing the Tales of the Jedi panel and the Mandalorian panel. And, uh, gosh, we're going to have a lot to talk about when Celebration's over. <laughs> um, but, man, I can't wait. I can't wait to see all yeah. the all the stuff he's involved in and, and everything he's got up his sleeve. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. If they do show video footage, I will be, uh, I'll be surprised, but I will definitely be, you know, happy to get that. Yep. Again, let's quote Palpatine. A surprise to be sure, but a welcome one. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so I mean, and I think, you know, we don't have an official release date for that show yet, but should be coming sometime in 2023. Um, probably in the later half, like, you know, maybe 
a year, year and a half from now. But um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to that. The closer we get to that, and even just the more little rumors and things we hear about it, but also the more we see Ahsoka pop up in the other shows, like the more my excitement for this one grows. I honestly, I mean, I can't decide between Ahsoka, Mando season three, and Obi-Wan, which one I'm I'm really looking forward to the most. I mean, Obi-Wan kind of gets the, um, you know, the advantage right now just because it's the next one up. And also because it's Ewan and Hayden. And like, that's that's a special thing as a prequel fan. Um, but also like, I've just come to love the Mandalorian so much. And especially with the stuff they established in his episode of the Book of Boba Fett with like, just more about the Darksaber and the history of Mandalore and stuff. I'm really excited to get into Mando season three. But then also just as a huge Clone Wars and Rebels fan, I can't wait to see Ahsoka get her own live action series. So, um, man, all, all of these, I hope, are just going to be absolute home runs. And I'm super excited for all of them and uh, just can't wait to see where they go next. We're going to be eating well with Star Wars content on T Disney Plus <laughs> these next Absolutely. few years. That's for darn sure. Absolutely. Um so yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much it as far as uh, trailers and May the Fourth news and and Star Wars series and everything. I was going to talk real quick just about um, some book stuff to wrap up. Uh, first of all, Star Wars Brotherhood by Mike Chen is out now. Um, that's the one with the uh, the Anakin and Obi Wan story, and I did uh, pick that up. I got that in the mail uh, just yesterday on the release day, um, and I've read I read like the first fifty pages last night, so uh, decent chunk, but I'm not too far into it yet. Um, really enjoying it so far. I'm, you know, it's, I feel like, I wouldn't say it's a, a slow burn, but so far it's not like super action packed, but there's some good, you know, intrigue and mystery and I'm excited to see where the story goes, but I'm also just really enjoying the character interaction so far. Um, you know, it's already doing a great job of sort of fleshing out the relationship between Anakin and Obi-Wan and also Anakin and Padme's relationship. And this takes place like right after episode two. So the, the Clone Wars are kind of, you know, just starting and the Jedi are, you know, they're adapting to this new war that's going on and Anakin is uh, adapting to, you know, newly being promoted to Jedi Knight. And so it's like he has this new relationship with Obi-Wan where they're no longer master and apprentice. He has this new relationship with Padme where suddenly they're married, but they're a Jedi and a senator in this galactic war. So, um, yeah, it's it's doing a really good job so far of just kind of, of fleshing out those those uh character dynamics and seeing like what would you know just what would these characters be going through in their their personal lives and their relationships with each other when all this stuff is going on and, and kind of throwing them for a loop and everybody's in this big period of change um and there is you know there's there's kind of a an interesting like mystery plot that's kind of building along with it too and there have been some really neat easter eggs um, even just in the first few chapters, you know, there, there've been a couple things that so far have, uh, made me really happy to see just in terms of references to other Star Wars stuff that I love that I obviously won't give away, but, um, yeah, it's been a really enjoyable read so far. So I recommend that, uh, to anybody that's looking for a, a good new, um, you know, especially a, a prequel era story, you know, with us about to see Ewan and Hayden on the screen again in the Obi-Wan series, I feel like this is kind of, uh, another perfect thing to get into to just, um, you know, enjoy the the dynamic between Anakin and Obi-Wan again. Um, and then there's also a new novel coming out. This was the, the novel itself was announced a while ago. This is called uh, The Princess and the Scoundrel uh, by Beth Revis, and that's coming out August 16th this year. 
Um, and just today they released like a pretty beautiful new uh, cover art image for the book. Um, and this obviously takes place like right after Return of the Jedi and it's, um, you know, kind of showing like Han and Leia's blossoming relationship. I think this either, I don't know if it takes place like if their wedding happens in the book or if uh, it kind of takes place right after because it's about their honeymoon on the Halcyon Star Cruiser, which of course is the Galactic Star Cruiser Hotel. So a bit of a Disney marketing plug here. Um, but still, I think it's going to be, a, you know, just kind of a, a nice uh, story that we don't have like a canon version of yet, um, just of, you know, the marriage of Han Solo and Princess Leia, which obviously is another big uh you know, big relationship between two hugely important Star Wars characters that we just haven't seen explored yet in the new uh, Disney era. So um, another one to keep an eye out for. Um, and then, of course, we talked about Shadow of the Sith, which I'm also really excited for. So who knows? Maybe I'll read three new Star Wars books this year. That'll be a, a first wow. for, you know, when was the last time I did that? I don't know. Um, but that yeah. would be the monumental moment of 2022. Kyle reading three Star Wars books for the year. <laughs> yeah, uh, there would be a, a highlight for sure in a year that's going to have plenty of other Star Wars highlights. Maybe that might be the biggest surprise of the year if that does happen. We'll see. <laughs> it just very well might. We'll see. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm pretty much never cynical when it comes to Star Wars content and products that we get. But there's just something, maybe it was the way it was announced, something about the princess and the scoundrel just being hardly anything more than trying to tie into the Halcyon Star Cruiser and the resort getaway at Florida. Just when it was announced, and like that was sent to be the focus of the announcement in the book, more so than the wedding of Han and Leia, which, she, like I said, is a monumental event in the Star Wars timeline. And to get that in this new canon is something, obviously, I'd want to read. And... I probably will still read this book, but the way they're just trying to shoehorn in the Halcyon Star Cruiser and that's where their honeymoon's taking place and we just got to have that connection to get more people invested, interested in going to the resort. I don't know, just this more than anything else. I don't know why. Just something about the way they're tying in, trying to tie into the Halcyon Star Cruiser and just make it, I don't know, more of a big deal than it probably is and they're just trying to use Han and Leia as obviously big Star Wars characters to use that to promote the uh, hotel. And so, I don't know, just something about it, it just feels, feels off to me. <laughs> and where I rarely ever criticize that about Star Wars and how they market things and how they tie certain things together. But this this seems like a desperate attempt to try to shoehorn in the Halston Star Cruiser in this novel. But um, anyway, that's my thoughts when it comes to that. But I'm glad to hear what you said about uh, Brotherhood because I'm going to pick that up probably this weekend. And I know you got it. Like you said yesterday, so glad to hear it's off to a good start. But one thing um, that I found interesting that you mentioned um, that you're so early on in it, but Anakin's already a Jedi Knight um, in when the story begins, because I know that was kind of a big deal when the description and press release was announced for it, where the story was going to have where we'll see Anakin get knighted. So um, if I'm not sure if I misheard you or maybe uh, it takes place somewhere else but you know that that's coming and you said that or did it actually happen where he already got knighted in those early chapters of the book um it's a bit tricky and i will okay. say <laughs> for um i don't know it it did and it didn't um 
and, and maybe <laughs> skip ahead, skip ahead if you don't want spoilers. But I mean, this isn't really a big spoiler because it happens early in the book. It, it's not a big ceremonial moment like it is in the Clone Wars micro series, um, where you know he's in the presence of the whole council. It's more of a thing where it's it's maybe a bit anticlimactic, but also makes perfect sense for the setting, where. Um, there's like a whole bunch of Padawans that have been promoted to Jedi Knight out of necessity as the war is beginning. Mm. So Anakin is like one of many. It's not like the in the micro series where they're like, we uh. need more Jedi Knights. Uh, and then they're like, well, what about Anakin? And like, oh, well, he's young and he's impulsive. And it's like, yeah, but he's like our strongest warrior and whatever. It's like, no, they have a bunch of Padawans that they've had to sort of give like field promotions to Jedi Knight because, you know, they need help fighting this war. Um and so it starts out like Anakin has all he's already been sort of unofficially been given the promotion to Jedi Knight. But then like in the early chapters, there's kind of a ceremony where uh, Mace Windu is giving a speech to like several Padawans that have been recently promoted. And so it's kind of like their unofficial like, you know, Jedi Knight promotion ceremony, but they've already kind of been promoted to Jedi Knight. Um so yeah, it, it makes more sense when you read the book. But yeah, it's not um, it, it's not sort of made as big of a deal as I maybe expected it to. But also given the circumstances of, you know, just everything being quickly thrown into the turmoil of war, it's like, actually, that kind of makes sense that it would happen that way. Yeah, and that makes sense what you're saying, because when you're talking about that, I can't help but feel a bit disappointed that that's how it's handled at the same time. If they're like, that's all it really would be how it would handle in a situation like that. So I kind of get what you mean when you said it was tricky. <laughs> yeah. To describe yeah. it there. Hopefully, hopefully that wasn't too big of a spoiler for anybody and hopefully not too much of a letdown. If you were like really expecting, you know, there to be some like big, cool promotion ceremony scene for Anakin. But um, yeah, I mean, that happens really early in the book. So like you're, you're going to find that out pretty quick. Um, but yeah, I mean, I also, um, like as, as much as I was kind of expecting it to go a different way, it does start off by, like I said, you know, just kind of throwing everybody's character dynamics, you know, for a for a loop and everybody trying to figure out like, oh, we're in this war. I'm a knight now. Obi-Wan's a master now. I'm married to Padme now, like and kind of navigating these different interpersonal relationships and massive galactic changes that are going on. So, um yeah, I think so far it's it's really well done and doing a nice job of kind of juggling and balancing all those characters. Cool. Yeah, definitely looking forward to picking it up uh, this weekend and diving into it. Yeah, and I've heard nothing but good things about it too from you know other people who've either finished it and you know done full reviews on it or just have read farther ahead than I have. So I'll probably try to read a couple more chapters tonight after we finish recording. Sweet. Um, but yeah, can't wait to hear your thoughts on it too. Once you get to read it. Um, I know Paul might take some convincing, he, you know, we talked about this earlier and he was just saying that, you know, it wasn't one of the ones that was on the top of his priority list, but he's like, you know, if you guys really like it and, and tell me I got to read it, then maybe I'll check it out. So, um, who knows? Maybe if we all get the chance to read it, maybe we'll do a book review on it at some point. Um, but yeah, so far I, I definitely would recommend it to uh especially like i said anybody that's a big prequel or clone wars fan and just wants some more anakin and obi-wan content um but with that i think we will uh go ahead and wrap up um before we go do we get any uh you know comments on any of our twitter posts or anything for this episode 
Um, yeah, we did get one response from our good friend Matt Cranky talking about uh, the excitement for the Obi Wan series and kind of his excitement, but also raising maybe his potential concern. <laughs> he goes, "I am I am hyped for this, but the last few days is um, and we don't want to go into any leaks or rumors." Um, that may be out there, but he kind of brings up something about potentially the series going into focus on a different direction than maybe Obi-Wan and Vader. Um, but he just says how he just wants to have a good series with two of the most iconic characters. It might be a little concerned that it might dive into focusing on another direction with another character. But um, uh, that kind of makes me think of possibly thinking how it might be like a Book of Boba Fett situation where for two episodes it focuses on Mando and no Boba. Um, I don't see that happening for this one for Obi-Wan. I will say if it does do that, especially again with just the six episodes, that will be disappointing if we get an episode or two with no Obi-Wan Kenobi. That would be kind of a bad trend that I think would be going for this series, but I don't think that's going to be the case here, um, especially knowing the excitement that's been around for this series and just Ewan coming back as Obi-Wan for so long now. I don't think they're going to do that uh, bait-and-switch tactic maybe that some felt was used for the Book of Boba Fett with those two episodes. But um, we'll see. But for me personally, I don't think that's going to be something um, necessarily I'm concerned about happening in the Obi-Wan TV series. Yeah. And, um, I mean, yeah, I wanted to address this too because, again, not to, to go too much into spoilers here. I'm not going to read Matt's whole comment, but he, he talks about, you know, potentially reading leaks. But nothing in here, I think, really screams like, oh, this is leaked info. And, you know, Matt's not going to post spoilers for us on here. Um, but he's just saying that he's concerned that, you know, the series is going to focus more on, on Reva than on Vader, um, which... To me, I like I'm kind of already expecting, to be honest, like we know Hayden's going to be in it. We know he's going to be playing Vader and we're hoping that we maybe get to see some flashbacks or something of him and you and as Anakin and Obi-Wan. But I think it's pretty clear from the trailers that at least for the bulk of the series, like Reva is going to be the main antagonist. Um, and then Vader's going to come in at the end. And again, Vader's going to be this presence that's kind of felt the whole time. Um but I think, again, for the first maybe four or five episodes of this six-episode series, like, Reva's going to be the main one that's pursuing Obi-Wan. And that maybe, you know, she's going to have some of her own character development. Maybe there'll be some kind of relationship between the two of them. Or she's just going to have her own personal development arc. Um, which I think is great. I mean, obviously, she's going to be the most prominent new character in this show. And, um, you know, we kind of already know the, the beginning and the end of the stories for Vader and Obi-Wan. Um, so she probably has kind of the most opportunity for like character growth and development and just, you know, not not knowing where she's going to go. Um, and obviously, like, you know, Moses Ingram, who plays her, she's, you know, pretty high up on the cast list right now. It's it's you and Hayden and Moses that are out doing press for the show, along with Deborah Chow. So she's going to be an important character in the series. I would not be surprised if over the course of the six episodes, she has more screen time than than Vader. Um and I don't think that's going to be disappointing because as long as, you know, like Vader's the end game. And as long as that showdown between Obi-Wan and Vader delivers on the action, as well as also on some some emotional and character and personal beats, I think that's going to be a big success. But I'm not expecting a whole series of Vader chasing Obi-Wan all over the galaxy. Like that's not his MO. That's what he's got the Inquisitors for. And when the Inquisitors fail, Vader shows up to take care of business. Um you know, again, I, I'm expecting something similar kind of to Jedi Fallen Order, where, again, like the, the second sister, um, Trilla, is the main villain for the majority of that game. 
Um, and you get to the end and Vader shows up and it's still a hugely impactful and memorable uh, scene there at the end of the game with Vader. Um, and obviously it's going to be even more so in Obi-Wan, um, just given his his connection with, uh, you know, Obi-Wan and Vader's connection and their history and everything. And I think, I think Vader's going to get, you know, more screen time over the course of the Obi-Wan series than he does just at the end of Jedi Fallen Order. Um, but I think it's going to be kind of a similar structure where you know, where Reva's doing most of the legwork the entire series, um, and then Vader's just the final boss. Um, but then again, you know, with some some occasional other moments sprinkled throughout, either a Vader talking to the Inquisitors or Obi-Wan just kind of sensing his presence or having flashbacks to Anakin or whatever. So I think there will be a satisfying amount of, uh, of Vader and Hayden in the show. Obviously, you know, Ewan's going to be their front and center, but we are going to get you know, a lot of Reva as well, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, hopefully there's not a, a lot of backlash when the show comes out and people thinking like, oh, I thought Vader was going to be the main villain or I was expecting, you know, Vader right out the gate or, you know, lots of Vader in the first episode. Like, no, I think that's going to be a slow burn and it's going to be something that, you know, is going to be a payoff that we build up to and build the anticipation for. And then, you know, when we get there, that payoff is going to be worth the wait. So, um that's kind of where my expectations are at. Yeah, I would agree with that as well. It just kind of what I was saying also, as well too. words, just um, some, I don't think we're going to get, if people are kind of worried about uh, this being the book of Boba Fett all over again, I don't necessarily think that's going to be the case um, with regards to particular Obi-Wan just for him being the main character, obviously, and then him not showing up for an episode. I, don't think that's going to be that's going to happen with this one and if it does yeah. well then i'll be i'll eat my own words and be extremely disappointed if that's the case <laughs> yeah obi Wan and vader fight in the first episode and then the rest of it is just reva chasing him nah they wouldn't do <laughs> um but yeah i mean we'll see we, we've only got a couple more weeks to wait to find out but um yeah, and like I said, I, I'm sure there's probably going to be more characters that we don't even know about or, you know, maybe more more planets that they go to or more stuff that happens along the way. I think there's going to be a lot of surprises. Um, but, yeah, it, there's going to be more to the show than just like six episodes of, of Kenobi and Vader. Um, I think that's going to be, you know, a, a final moment that the whole thing culminates in. Yeah, because um, how do you get bigger than that? <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. You can't. Um but yeah, so, you know, thanks, Matt, for your comment on that. And, uh, you know, for the rest of you guys, of course, if you want to follow us online, we're on Twitter at Star Wars TSC, uh, on Facebook at facebook.com slash Star Wars The Saga Continues. You can send us email at Star Wars TSC at gmail.com and check out our website at Star Wars TSC.com for all of our latest episodes, news stories, all that good stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, that's it for now. Hope you guys uh, enjoyed the episode. Hope you had a great May the 4th. Uh, and we will see you all probably after the premiere of Obi-Wan and Celebration and all that kind of stuff. So enjoy the wild ride. Enjoy all this awesome new Star Wars content. We can't wait to come back and talk about it all with you. Uh, but until then, thank you guys for listening. We will see you next time and may the force be with you. See you next time, everybody. Godspeed, Rebels! Mm -hmm.